so long story short, the doctor says that my stomach would stop hurting if I would just eat something like Altoids instead of toothpaste all the time. Or we're recording. Um, hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Random Fandom Cast with Brandon and Brandon. It's the only random fandom with Brandon and Brandon podcast for you. That you will ever find. Uh, so we've got... Is that true, though? I don't know. I, we did do a, do a pretty heavy domain search to make sure that we had some exclusivity. I'm pretty sure the the fact that there would be two Brandons that are friends that want to record a podcast and, they have and fandom call it random in their heart. fandom, yeah. I think it's pretty slim. I think we're pretty safe. So I, I'm not worried. Good news, though. Yeah. We've had a big couple of weeks for we video games. There's oh a lot gosh. of a lot of news. We've got some releases that were announced, like the Nintendo Switch, Red Which Dead. Which you called the Wii Switch. I called the Wii Switch last time. Understandably so. Um, but yeah, and then and then we've got our hands on some a crap new load games. of video games. So and I want to talk still about a lot those. to come. Yeah, and then we got some uh, things to talk about with TV too, especially. And you know what is happening tomorrow, What's or it? as you put it, this is All Hallows Eve, Eve, because this is the day yes, before Halloween. Day so before Halloween. Regardless of uh, when we get this out, and when you listen to it, if you like Halloween, hope you're having a good, fun time of it. Uh, when you celebrated, whenever. Yeah, happy Halloween. Yeah, ha- Halloween. Yes, it's happening on a Monday this week, but it's it's open to whenever. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about some of our Halloween themed influences over the genres of movies, TVs, and game shows too. Some of our faves. Some of the scary stuff. And here's the thing. Which mine's going to be short. I'm not much of a horror genre guy, and, but, but see, I, know I you got are, you. I'm so, on the other end. Yeah. I love horror stuff like that. And we're going to get into all of that. You know, it's a scary time of life. You know, with. You know, how much kale am I getting? Do I have enough fiber in my diet? 9-11 happening 15 years ago. Never forget. Never forget. Uh, Alan Jackson will make sure that we never forget. Because where (laughs) were you when they built the ladder to Haven? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, the presidential debate, which is the scariest thing I can think of. All the debates are over. I I meant the presidential election. Thankfully, Mm. the debates are over. But yeah, there's a lot of scary things happening. So we're just going to get a little lighthearted with it. By the way, this is episode 20. If you joined us last week, we had a one-off episode just exclusively for about half an hour or so talking about The Walking Dead, which I had more thoughts about afterwards. I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I would have said uh, that. Yeah, but, but that's going to happen about anything. Of course. Uh, tonight, episode two, we'll see where they want to go with this. Uh, the season's got us hooked. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm not hooked as everyone else is. Are we getting into... Let's talk about this just a little bit. I'm not as hooked as everyone else is on Walking Dead. It, it's turning me off the more and more I watch it. It gets so much more intense that that I just I, I it's gonna give you an ulcer. Yeah, like it stresses me out, and it's the same reason I don't really enjoy watching scary movies that much. I don't enjoy. See, I can separate feeling that way. Okay, cool. Well, before we get too much into it and give ourselves ulcers over the, our recording here, why don't we get lighthearted as we like to do at the first few minutes of every recording and talk about who's making this week's episode possible? Yeah, we got a couple of fake sponsors. Oh gosh, and there's this is. I would say, you know, of all the sponsors we've had, this pairing, I don't think this has ever been better. And by better, I mean it could be really bad. <laughs> so I don't know what I mean. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to take the first one? I, I would be happy to tell you guys about a new cause. And you guys, how many of us, especially here in California, if you're hearing this, love animals? So you're an animal lover, right? I'm an animal lover. We have both of our dogs here right now. And you know about the great organization that goes to any lengths, sometimes maybe criminal lengths, to help animals. They call them PETA, right? P-E-T-A, People right. for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. There's a new Hispanic animal hate group. They're called PUTA. <laughs> and they are people for the unethical treatment of animals. And they want you to just treat your animals unethically. 
So they're like into dog fighting. They're into cock fighting. They're into dog cock fighting. They actually dogs fight with their penises. Uh. It's really, <laughs> yeah, the poor bitches never had a chance because they're not equipped. That's true. Anyways, if you hate animals as much as these Hispanic folk do, God, we rip on Hispanic people a lot. It's just that it's just easy to if you if you hate animals as much as those damn Hispanics. No, these damn Hispanics. I'm not saying all Hispanics, just these particular oh. sect of the people. And you don't have to be Hispanic to hate animals, but it's just more likely. Um, it's a good thing nobody listens to this podcast. Well, in the Hispanic community. <laughs> Anyways, check out puta.org. That's people for the unethical <laughs> treatment of animals. Don't be a bitch. Check out puta.com. Nice. Dot um, org. Did you did you know um true fake story? Um <laughs> I love those. Uh you so the group PETA that you brought up, yeah. They were having funding issues. And I couldn't imagine so they why. created a um they created a prod a, a product that they started selling in stores. Guess what it is? Paint. Bread. What? So they have PETA bread now. Oh, you got me. Didn't we already do a bread pun I don't about know. non <laughs> some weeks ago? <laughs> Haven't we done a Mexican pun of some sort? Every other Mexican language? Yeah. Mexican language. <laughs> Anyways, oh, thank boy. you, Puta. Spanish, I'm sorry. All you Putas out there for helping us out with this this week's episode. <laughs> um, Who we else is a, making this yeah, possible? Yeah, we have another we have another uh, fake sponsor, and that is Cornhub.com. So uh, this is a, a a new app and website where farmers can go to hook up. Remember... It's discreet, right? You know that... Uh, you've ever seen that commercial? Like, at farmersonly.com. The, yeah, unfortunately. Those guys have got into the hookup dating business. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want so, to see this guy pitch a fork? <laughs> so basically, with cornhub.com, any kind of corn you're into, white, yellow, blue, or even the mixed, right? I think they call that they've, ribbon corn. Ribbon corn. Yeah. They've got it all. Uh, at cornhub.com, you can meet that toothless farmer of your dreams just for one night that you've always been waiting for. So Now, you know me. I like a little more uh, husk on my corn when it yes, comes to... Yes, they do have... So they have, they have a, a husky, husky section. section. They Good. do have a husky section. When I was a kid, I used to have Pornhub. to shop in husky clothing. I was always like, you mean fat? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, for it. the husky little gentleman. You're like, I'm not from Alaska. <laughs> yeah, what the hell's going on here? My... I'm not entering an idiotrod. What do they call those things? Idiotrod? I think those are like the... Iditarod? Iditarod, yeah. Thank you. I was like, what are you getting at? I was not understanding my words. (laughs) So that is Uh, cornhub.com. Visit it and hook up. Yeah, get that buttery, juicy flavor in your mouth. All right. That only corn can provide. Corn, hey, by the way, did you know corn is no place for a mighty warrior? And if you are listening, you get that reference, come hang out with us. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't get that reference, reference. uh, go check out Homestar Runner, at least the old stuff. Is that still up? Corn or corn? I think (laughs) it's corn hub still up. It's corn. I I believe Homestar Runner is still up, but only for nostalgia's sake now. Yeah. I don't think they've removed the site, but. Okay. Uh, Homestar Runner. Homestar Runner. So you wanted to talk about Halloween. I did. And some scary movies, TV shows. Yeah, just let's talk about games. some of our, our favorite scares uh, in lieu of Halloween because it's the time to be scared, you know. A&E's doing, or AMC's doing their Fright Fest. You so know. what are you going to start it off with? So let's talk about some of our favorite scary movies, most influential, some of like the best characters that have come from scary movies. I always refer back to The Thing. The Thing is my the favorite is scary movie. And that was a scary movie. It and was made by watched, a scary movie guy, John Carpenter. I watched The Thing probably maybe a year ago and and i've never it seen still it before up, that man. and it still is a really good movie which is you know a lot of a lot of times when you go back very far and somebody's like oh that 
it's a scary movie or, oh, that's a really good movie. And you're like, yeah, by, by the standards then, maybe. It's like 2001 A Space Odyssey, right? For example. Right. People are like, oh, that is the, the best sci-fi movie. It is boring. It's very it's boring to me. It's gorgeous, yeah. especially for the times. Oh, the cinematography is boring awesome, movie but yeah. Because it's so slow and each scene is just so long. And, and, and to say that you have a horror flick that is just as good now as it ever was, that's impressive. Yeah, I totally agree. And then, uh, you know, it's not an original movie. It was based off like a 1950s movie. I didn't know but that. But John Carpenter uh, redid it, reimagined it, and that is the definitive edition as far as I'm concerned. And do you remember a few years ago with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead or the girl from Cloverfield Lane, 10 Cloverfield Lane and Scott okay. Pilgrim vs. the World? They redid the thing, but it was like a prequel. I remember something like and that. And nobody but I, cared. Yeah, I didn't and rightfully so. That. Yeah, just let uh, you know a classic be. So that is one of my favorite scary movies. And that's the thing. It's not based on, it's not a character scary movie. Scream has, you know, Ghostface. Nightmare on Elm Street has Freddy Krueger. Right. Friday 13th, Jason, Jason yeah. Jason's mom. But yeah, it's not revolving around them. It's actually revolving about, uh, you know, something other than just a main bad guy. Yeah. That's my favorite scary movie. Some other ones worth mentioning. Uh, I think, especially because I remember when I was young when I saw it, the original Friday, th- uh, not the original Friday the 13th, excuse me, the original Nightmare on Elm Street scared me not so much visually what was on screen but psychologically and right. as a concept this guy murders children he's right. dead which how was, does he still get to at him at the time in their that dreams was really oh i bet a I lot mean, of now, nowadays because of that movie something like that is fairly almost commonplace in movie culture very much so back then it wasn't yeah r.i.p west craven uh, a little more than a year ago i think i'm gonna i'm gonna throw some please into here um the very scripted kind of scary movies i generally tend to not like but i really do enjoy the ones that have a unique take to it and the first that comes to mind is blair witch the original oh great movie because god what did they what did they make that on like a hundred thousand dollars and it made (laughs) so many millions and it's something that every person who's ever picked up a camcorder goes god why didn't i have that idea and and it was just so clever and they did such a good job of of raising the tension without showing anything without putting almost any special effects in there and then tailing off of that, you have Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. Paranormal Activity is probably one of my favorite scary movies, just because the way that the movie is set up with the um, with the cameras in the house, and and it, it almost would start plausible. every night. It would be like night twenty three, you yeah. know, or, or whatever, and it would just show them in bed. And and I remember they added this really low rumble that if yes. you're in the theater, you you're- especially pick it up. And, it, and and when that happened, I felt myself getting excited. Not even scared, but excited. It builds a sense of anticipation. Like, yeah, because I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? And then, you know, it could be something as small as like the blanket moving, but it could be like her getting pulled out of the bed completely. And yeah, and it makes you want to watch all angles of the screen too. Yeah, but you be couldn't some... because it's that fixed camera. Right. Very similar to if we were to hop into video games, Yeah. Resident Evil. Fixed camera angles are... Which, no better place on display than yeah uh real quick let's get there in a minute just a few little mentions uh, especially for the uh the horror fan who likes finding some more obscure titles go check out these next three movies i'm going to mention kind of unknown films but really scared me at all different points of life there's a movie with with george c scott which was actually done by hbo film straight for hbo uh, back in the day called the changeling if you haven't seen that movie go check that out Mm. also a movie with bill pullman uh, made in the 80s, very scary movie. Again, not like anything on screen, but just conceptually. 
about um, resurrection and voodoo and reanimation called The Serpent and the Rainbow. It's actually on Netflix right now. Creepy movie. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, I just want to mention for obscure horror movie fans, check out, and it's not even, uh, it doesn't technically qualify as a horror movie as far as the genre it re- relates mm-hmm. to. I think it was sci-fi, but it's called A Fire in the Sky. You ever see that oh one? Oh my God. Th- that movie I freaked me out. I never had a movie give me nightmares more th- than that movie. The abduction as scene? As a kid, yeah, when he's being dragged down Dragged the hallway, away, yes. It's freaky. Gets really bad reviews, though. I don't understand why. I guess... 41% on Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb gives... Yeah, but that mo- and that movie was made in like the mid '90s, I want to say, or like early '90s, and it's freaky as shit. To I this remember, day. I remember having nightmares several nights after watching that. Yeah, I couldn't get the certain scenes out of my head. Yeah. Scary looking, um, and again, that's because they weren't all CGI'd out. There were guys in like right. makeup and it costume. Was practical effects, it looked and they actually really creepy. So much of a difference. Yeah, so um, go check out those horror movies. Celebrate your own favorite horror movies by watching them. One more. Yeah, please. It follows. Oh, great movie! Oops. Yeah, and just a, just another one that kind of has that unique perspective on what a horror or a scary movie is. Right, H- hardly any violence, any blood, yep. no all, slashing, no torture porn. Tension, yes, that's it, well, the it's, word. It's the unknown. It's the fact that in this movie that there's somebody always after you, and you just don't know where who they are or and where the they are. And the only person you can see is it sees it is the person who's being followed, but to everyone else, it can still pose danger. Uh, Anyway, that's a good movie. Sorry, and I know we keep saying one more. (laughs) Truly, truly, you're going to mention this for the last time. Uh, Definitely, even though it puts horror in like kind of a lighthearted way, except for the like last few minutes, The Frighteners, awesome movie. Yeah. Love The Frighteners. it's funny too. And it's funny, yeah. That's why I said it's like kind of puts it on its head a little bit. But uh, of recent memory, because horror movies do not have the same effect for me in general today as they did back then, the original 28 Days Later Yes. That scared the hell out of me. My Great. wife won't even watch that movie nowadays. Great movie. Yeah. Danny Boyle, what up? Let's move on to, like we mentioned a few moments ago, video games. And I think we both agree, uh, the first game, and when I say what's a scary game, not jump scares or loud volume increases nowadays that can just happen with like the outlasts and the this and the that. But I mean, a game that truly made you made you feel afraid to play. And that for me, when I was 13, because Resident it's celebrating Evil. its 20th year, Resident Evil. Uh, I remember playing it with a buddy, like in junior high, and we would hand the controller off to each other, like, no, you play. No, you play. And then, uh, yeah, sometimes it just wouldn't get played. It would sit there for a few days. When you were talking about, oh, you play, you play, handing it to your friends, I specifically remember, and you were there with Resident Evil 4, we were at our our friend's house who Mm -hmm. we met through. Yeah. And I remember going over there and then them saying, hey, check out this game. You should, you got to play this game. And I'm like, okay, well, what am I playing? Like, and they're like, just play. Because nobody had a GameCube at the time, hardly. It, yeah, it was weird. And um, and there's that one part near the beginning of the game. Oh, in the village. In the village, exactly. Where all of them start coming after you and it seems endless and you don't know what to do or and where to go. And then that chainsaw revs up. And then, and then I was like, oh no, what am I doing? What do I, guys, tell me, where do I go? And they were like, nope, we're not going to tell you anything. And you just had to survive and then sooner or later the bell rings and they all leave and that's the level. And I just remember that where it was like, my friends were like, no, you have to experience it. Cause that was a different type of yes. experience. And then the other part to that game that scared the hell out of me, it was just a standalone scare. Um, much later in the game when you're on like that Island research facility, it's before you see those, uh, what they call the iron maidens, the guys who can, who like have that weird growl to them? They just walk around, mm-hmm. and you have to use the infrared scope and shoot the little oh, parasites yeah. in their oh, body. Yeah, yeah. The and red, they can pull yeah. you close, and then just make spikes come out of their body, which freaks the hell out of me. Um, but before you get to that point, 
on that same level or portion of the game, you're just walking through this like old busted up kitchen and then just out of this like locker or stove or standing freestanding oven, this body just explodes and comes running out on oh, fire yeah. and doesn't hurt you. It doesn't harm you, but it scared the crap out of me. I literally remember dropping my controller at that moment Jeez. and GameCube controllers are heavy too. Because <laughs> I had the, the weight bird, yeah. yeah. So it landed on my foot. First Resident Evil, the dog's jumping out. The first zombie scene yep. when he gets up off the floor after chomping on the body and looks at you. Granted, they're all blocky animations. By but at the today. time, it was oh, fine. It like, was frightening. As far as, as, far as graphics go. Yeah. Uh, also, big shout outs to the first two Silent Hills. Those games not only scared me, but the noise. Remember when yeah. you get close that, to creatures, well, your radio crackling, starts to the crackle? Crackling on the yes. radio? Yeah. That scared the hell of me. You never knew it was coming from. And all of a sudden, you get these like little pink children coming after you with knives that freaked me out and then at the beginning yeah and then they kill you and i'm like oh no i died but it turns out it was like part of the game part of the game and then you can't separate uh reality versus the silent hill world world yeah Yeah. Yeah. exactly like basically some people say well it's supposed to represent purgatory or something like that so silent i'd say silent hill 2 probably scared me a little bit more but i think silent hill 1 made the 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 scarier impression Mm -hmm. because I already because I didn't know what it was about up sure. to that point. When Silent Hill Two comes out, you're like, "Oh, it's a scary game." Like Silent Hill. I remember I got Silent Hill originally on a like a PlayStation magazine subscription demo disc, and I was like, "Oh, I wonder oh, what this is about." And I thought, "Oh, it's pa- Konami." Back with demo discs. Do love me some demo discs back in the day. Oh, that before we move on to talking about some of our favorite scary television shows, which there may be a few, uh, props to Condemned Criminal Origins or Origins, mm-hmm. however you want to pronounce that. That game was scary. And one of the scariest parts of it was a bear attack, actually, oddly enough. Hmm. I don't think I've ever played that. It's a it's a kind of a, a forgotten but favorited uh 360 title that came mm-hmm. out, I want to say like years ago, 2007, 2008. But a, a pretty freaky game. A lot of time in the dark. Uh a lot of people like to tell me about um oh, what's it called? Amnesia, the Dark Descent, but that was a never PC played. game. Never got to play that one. At the time I didn't have a strong enough PC to play it, and it's just something I never got back to, but if you ever come across it, you'll know okay. what people are talking about. So TV-wise, was there anything that kind of rattled your cages? Well, the first I want to mention is X-Files. Oh, absolutely. Because not every episode was scary. But they, being a serial television show, every once in a while you'd get an episode that was just a sheer horror. There's one that sticks out in my mind so strongly, and it was about these bugs that uh, were dormant in trees and like loggers or something cut them open and these bugs were coming out and i think it was like they only like feed in the dark they were like everywhere but they only feed in the dark and so it became this you know you're afraid you you need to avoid the darkness kind of episode Mm -hmm. Uh, otherwise the bugs will attack you and eat you and make you in a cocoon and it's it was super creepy yeah and that's just like one of the ones that still to this day sticks out to me as scary as hell I, I don't remember that episode specifically, but one of the scariest episodes I remember, and I uh, totally agree with you, they were in Alaska, and there was some type of parasite that was burrowing in people's skin yeah. and eating them from the outside, or from the inside out, and I forget the resolution. Uh, that, that's the thing. That episode, that show, in many episodes, didn't have a resolution. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like, oh, everything's nicely wrapped up by yeah. the end of it's 60 minutes. It's not like minutes. that. that is gone now. It's not... You know, yeah, it's just now part of the X Files. Yeah, and they might revisit, they might not. Uh, Mulder might be looking for a sister still. There might be aliens out there. Um, but yeah, great show, good call. One of the shows that actually I think has had some genuinely scary moments, not consistently, but you know, it's fair share. Supernatural. 
actually hmm. gets to me sometimes. Uh, and that's a long run show, still going. It is. Yeah. I I couldn't get all that far in that. Uh, it's just something I kind of have on as like background noise, yeah. so to speak. But every once in a while, when I sit down and watch an episode in like the right mm. setting with the lights out and stuff like that, it, it has some creepy moments. Yeah. Uh, anyone who's watched that show might be able to testify. So and whatever scares you this Halloween, get into it. You know, I yeah. love Halloween. It's a fun time of year. And What's I, the best? I think, co- well, I just wanted to mention oh, American Horror Story. Um, yeah, it has its moments. It, ha- it yeah, and that's kind of what I want to mention. Season. The first season was yeah. a good season. I think the second season was a little bit horrible. Of Third season was okay. Yeah, and I haven't watched anything past that. Me, to be yeah, ex- I'm the exact same like way. Circus I could not get and into now it. Hotel and then something else. I well, there's know. Coven and then yeah, some of the others. So, but you have to give them credit. They're one of the few actual horror television shows out there. Yeah, so, and it's done a, a damn good job of. Well, keeping, I don't like it, but they. Well, I mean, as far as sustaining they've done a good job yeah and it's a popular show people know it people still yeah yeah uh so what is your favorite halloween costume that you've ever donned oh uh here i'll give you a moment to think about it if you don't mind i know i just asked you you. do you yeah yeah because i I already knew my answer coming into question i remember i was seven and we actually made me a Raphael uh um costume minus the the face we just got a mask. Sure. Uh, but I remember... You made it or did you buy my, it? No, my mom and I... Well, we bought the mask, but my mom and I worked on um, his actual... The rest of them. <laughs> I had size and everything. Oh, speaking of which, you just sighed. Good job. I yawned. Because I'm boring. I know. Uh, <laughs> you know, you hang out with someone so much, you know what the hell they're going to say. It's kind of like being in a, a long-term sandwiches. relationship. Sandwiches. Yeah. We oh, finished yeah. each other's See? sandwiches. Yeah. That's a great reference, too. <laughs> And it was so cool. I got to put my size at my side, oh. just like he has them kind of holstered yeah. in his belt. And we made the shell and everything. And I had a red belt. And I always thought red belts were awesome because... Because Raphael? Well, Raphael didn't actually have a red belt. His decor was red, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I gave myself a red belt. So I was Raphael... Were you? To a Comic-Con. Okay. Because I wore the Ninja Turtles onesie. I thought that was a Mikey one. No. I, I wore... It was It was just a regular... Oh, okay. Ninja Turtle onesie, and there was non-descriptive of who. But then I, I wore red chucks. Oh, okay. So that was my therefore. Um, but that wasn't a Halloween thing. So I just dressed up as Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, I've dressed up as Ryu. I've dressed up as Drake. Oh, uh, Nathan rapper? Drake. Nathan, yeah. <laughs> uh, Nathan Drake. Um, oh yeah, you look good as him. I think that might be one of my favorites, just because I looked very much similar to him yeah do you remember and you damn well better of it's been a few few years to say the least by now me you and your girlfriend at the time went to a local eating and drinking establishment called rita's and they had a halloween costume contest there you went dressed as a bro right you wore like Double collar shirts. No, and yeah, I had, pop no, I, had I had three colored shirts on. Oh, like, like like really polos, annoying colors, and they, were, and they were really bright and they were all popped. Yeah, yeah. And I and had, you had like, like indoor sunglasses. Sunglasses on. on my head and sunglasses like hanging. <laughs> and some people didn't get. They thought you were really just some douche. Yeah. <laughs> and like one guy, one guy actually said that he's like, "Oh, I just figured you. That's just the way you dress." And I was like, "Who dresses like this in real Except life?" Except for like, a bro. Like, I, but I was like bro to the extreme. Oh, and obnoxiously so like almost east coast bro it was yeah, yeah. and then your then girlfriend went gr- dressed as a christmas tree and she was so <laughs> intent that she was gonna like at least place in the costume contest yeah, she and she was so, was so pissed 
afterwards because there because, was just some hot chick. That yeah, won. just every like a sexy this or a slutty that. Yeah. And of course, they all won because they were showing their boobs. Yeah, and then she was decked out you couldn't even see any skin on her in a christmas tree with like leggings and she was pissed and she looked so i just <laughs> god bless her if she's listening which she's not she looked so ridiculous throwing almost a fit afterwards as a christmas tree i'm like your christmas tree <laughs> girlfriend's crying right now this is awkward it's so, so stupid who chose it as a christmas tree for halloween uh, I, I think it's kind of clever no but it was clever but it doesn't don't it, expect to win a slutty costume contest as a christmas tree yeah you don't win you don't win a costume contest with a clever costume unless it's a really good execution I should have dressed as like the star of David or a menorah and you could have come like in a daishiki representing Kwanzaa. We could have all been like winter holidays, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, I, w- I Actually, I should have just came as like a turkey. Oh, yeah. And I would have been Thanksgiving. <laughs> I am Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, let's move away from Halloween a little bit. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Um, depending on when you listen to this, it'll probably be after Halloween. But let's the talk about... remains. So I, as I mentioned at the beginning... There's a lot of stuff to talk about on video games, so Uh I say we get into that now. Mm. Nintendo Switch. Not the Wii Switch. No, not the Wii Switch. Nintendo Uh, Switch. They they got away from the name Wii. Good for them. I wonder if it's going to have a Switch on it. I I wonder why the name Switch. I mean, it's easy to... Maybe they're switching. Well, it's because you're switching back and forth between oh, right. a the, home console and a and, handheld. and a handheld. Okay, it's what I the like Wii wanted U to be. wanted to be. Exactly. The Wii U, not the Wii, but it's what the Wii right. U wanted to be, which is that same idea of the Wii U going, "Hey, you can you can play at home, and then you can take this on the go." But their on the go tablet controller made no sense. It no. was clunky it was just stupid cool concept poor execution for sure and i I think what they did is they were like we don't want to get too far away out of that concept but we want to make it we want to learn from our mistakes and i think they have let's make it work this time they want to make nintendo great again (laughs) and this might be the way to do it when is it coming out do we know march 2017 never mind spring it is so i actually really like the look of this oh it looks sleek it it does um and then they made it so that when you want to plug it into your docking station to do the actual console gaming, it covers up the screen, getting rid of that two-screen experience. Good. And that was like a big thing that they had. Well, first of all, the 3DS, or the DS in general, has the two screens, and it works for that. That's handheld. But they were trying to... Yeah, and that's handheld. But they were trying to make that into a home console where you have a two-screen experience, and for some reason, it I It just think felt it- forced. Yeah, it I was not really working. Don't think it worked for them. Yeah. Um, this is the console that is going to kind of kick off, I'm assuming, with the new Zelda game, or is that soon to follow after the release of the I console? I don't know if it's a release game, but it, it'll be on that very soon after. It'll be in 2017. I'm okay, sure. so not too far behind, hopefully. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I got to say, that's the only thing I know of, and that's the only thing that even if I knew yeah. about more that would really interest me, because I'm not big into the, Mar- the Mario parties and the, the, the Mario other... Mario Kart. Yeah, the licenses. That. I've just... I've played them all so much, you know. Even well, if they have new improvements, I just I, it doesn't get the benefit of the doubt from me necessarily. And that's where they have to go with this is they have to they have to do what Xbox and PlayStation do where they say we have all of the major titles and then we have our own particular titles that you can only get on Nintendo. The first like first party. all of that Mario stuff. Well, I don't want to just say first party because first party means that it's made by Nintendo. Oh, okay. So 
it's like, you know, we were just playing Gears of War, which we'll get into, but that's not made by Xbox, but it's an Xbox exclusive. Fair. So I, what I mean is that I Nintendo has to have all of the major AAA titles as well as their own AAA exclusives mm-hmm. in I order like to be successful. Too. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. And no, yeah, in okay. order to be successful, I, I agree with you. But uh, I do like the logo too. I do like the logo. Yeah. It just looks fun. It almost looks like a TARDIS from a long ways away to oh, me. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can kind of see it. Granted, soy barracho. The controller is called the Joy-Con. Yeah. I know. It sounds like it sounds like an anime convention. <laughs> like, yeah. Who are some of the most popular joys in the history of anything? Nah, that sounds like a stupid discussion. Reverend Lovejoy. That's all I got. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Or the movie Joy with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Is her name Joy in that? I, I don't think know. so, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's the two. Yeah. Um, or Joy to the World. Oh. Maybe this will bring joy to the world, but the Joy-Con? I don't know. That's just the name of yeah, the controller. That's an ancillary thing to be discussing. Yeah. But, you know, here, let's talk about the marketing. Because you remember the trailer... It was all adults in the trailer, no kids at all, and it showed them in the home, but a majority of the time it showed them out like on a basketball court where they're playing real basketball, and then they stop playing real basketball so that they can grab these little controllers and play fake basketball on that mini screen, and then it shows them like on a rooftop, and I don't want to say it was a bad commercial because it was actually a good commercial, and it showed kind of it, it revealed a lot of what we wanted to know not everything yeah. but it revealed a lot of what it looks like what it is yeah and but, i think it's smart they know their target audience the average gamer is like a white dude in his mid-30s according to some statistic i forgot where i read it but so, sounds so concrete <laughs> yeah no it's absolutely certifiably true and you know it's yes it's going to be the 12 year old kids who are shooting you to death in the call of duty lobbies and stuff like that yeah but they're not the ones buying it you true. know it's their parents who are buying it. or And I think Nintendo already appeals to the kids with their first-party titles, like yes. Mario and all that. And I, I, so I think that what they're trying to do is, in that very first re- revealed trailer of, of, of the Nintendo Switch, they were saying, look, we are considering ourselves an adult console. This is not the Wii again. And I think that's, I think that's good. Good for them. Like, they're recognizing where they were missing before. Mm-hmm. So let's see how many people uh, do indeed make the Switch over to the new Nintendo console. No ne- mention of a price, I've noticed. I imagine it's yeah. probably going to be somewhere in the three to four hundred dollar range. As I most think consoles it will are be launch. three. Hopefully, but... a little lower end because it's not processing and putting as much, yeah. you know, actual and product as far as on screen. So from from what I've read, the graphics on the Nintendo I keep wanting to call it the Wii Switch. The graphics on the Nintendo Switch are going to be. You know, equivalent to the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, but not equivalent to the Scorpion or the PlayStation Pro. Because, and But they're going to be coming out at that time. So once again, Nintendo is slightly stepped down on graphics. But I think they're really trying to go off of their but innovation. Like we talked about before, since N64, they've never been a heavy graphics promoter. They've right. relied on other things to get them their sales. And and it's for that, better or for it's worse. that um, creative gaming almost you could say, and it's almost like Nintendo doesn't make themselves the third console to consider. Basically, they don't want to be an or console where you have to choose between Xbox or PlayStation or Nintendo. They want to be an and 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 hear me out on what I mean by that. Most people will get an Xbox or a PlayStation. But Nintendo wants to come in as something completely different and say, yeah, but whether you have an Xbox 
or a PlayStation were something different altogether. So you should get the Nintendo for these reasons. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. And I mean, that's what the Wii did. It did. Everybody who, not everybody, but a lot of people who owned a console had the Wii as well. In addition to. In addition to. Or they only had a Wii. So recently, I, uh, we talked about this at the end of our last full-fledged episode. I am the proud new owner of an Xbox One. Nice. Uh, I went for the Xbox One S. I got the Madden console. I actually bought it off a guy on Craig- Craigslist. I felt really weird driving an hour and a half out of my way to go meet this guy in a Target parking lot. And I told the guy, and he didn't get it. I was like, this is the first time I've ever met up with a dude on Craigslist. And he's like, what, you never bought anything before? I'm like, never, never mind. I was trying to make like a sex joke, you know. And uh, But it was clean. It was a fun transaction. I actually even asked him, I'm like, so why are you selling this for as much as you are when this retails for like $80 more off the shelf? Mm-hmm. He's like, I just don't need it. And we have extras. It turns out he worked for like a boy's home, and they got donated a bunch of Xboxes. And so he's just like, yeah, I just want to make a little extra money on the side, but... He's like the 280. He that stole pay- it from a boy's home. Yes. No, he worked Jeez. at one. He said he worked at one and it seemed believable. He seemed like a good dude. So anyways, yeah. Immediately that day, I went and bought all my accessories. I ordered my copy of Battlefield 1, which is still not here yet. Stupid Amazon. But I did get it on Prime for like 20% off. So uh, yeah. it comes tomorrow. I'm very excited. And you excited. have Gears of War. So you have and something I went and picked to keep, up Gears you, of War 4. keep you going. So yeah, let's talk about that as a perfect... I can't wait now. There's so many times in, this past po- in our past episodes where I've been like, oh, you know, well... I don't know because I don't have one or I'll have to play it with you. Right now, I'm sufficient. But what is beautiful about Gears of War 4, and we talked about this before, is the couch co-op. And so we just spent the better half of the last two-ish hours playing Gears of War yeah. 4. And uh, I would be curious. I'm a little bit ahead on my own solo campaign, but I'd be curious to know where you are with the game. I like it a lot. It's beautiful, it, it's, first of all. The it, graphics... It- Sorry, I'm losing my voice, I think. It's okay. Um, it's is emotional, for, Which is great for a podcast. It really is. Um, the graphics are awesome. Very much so. And the the motion of the people is great. And the cutscenes are great. There's there's nothing that I've seen so far that was underwhelming. Everything, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. The only thing that is not impressive to me is the gameplay. And I think it's because the gameplay is the exact same gameplay we're mm-hmm. used to. But no pun intended. They did play it very safe. They did, yeah. Um, the coalition, right? That's yes. The so so the co. This is the first Gears of War that the coalition has taken on, mm-hmm. and they definitely decided not to go out of the box as far as gameplay. But you got to hand it to them; they do damn good level design. Oh, the level design is beautiful, especially when it's a, an environmental. Uh, stage when yeah. the, uh, storm and trust me you'll see more later uh, storms uh, what they call wind flares and stuff like that become a factor and that is just some beautiful animation I do like the little uh, tweaks to the gameplay um, how you can vault kick how you can mm-hmm. uh, do a quicker vault leap when you're trying to get somewhere the yank and shank they call it yank is a really shank. cool thing uh, however I thought it's just a, a clean like oh I scored this this is for me but while you're doing the the animations that it takes to grab someone over a barricade and stab them, you can still get shot. So Uh you got to do that very, uh, with a calculated risk. And I'm sure that's going to be a factor in multiplayer. That's the only thing I haven't touched yet because I just know it's going to be so engrossing. But as far as just sticking with the story, I'm probably about two chapters ahead of where we, where we left off. And I got to say it's getting better. Uh, I was a little annoyed at first with the DBs because they just, there's so many of them. You want to clarify what DBs are to, Oh, the defensive bots for anyone who hasn't played. Um, yeah, (laughs) So basically, the story takes uh, place 25 years later. There are certain measures by the COG put into 
place to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So now instead of enlisting the help of cog soldiers, which they're still in effect, but this new order or the first order, whatever they call them. No, that's, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're not calling them the first order. This new regime of government, still cog-based, is uh, basically run by defensive robots. Yeah. And they're called DBs. And they have all the same weapons that uh, we have, but just more robotic versions. Like they have an M-bar or something like that, which is their new sniper rifle, which is really hard to use. They have this shotgun that can sh- shoot like eight blasts all at once. What is that one called? called? the Overkill. The Overkill is awesome. It's phenomenal. Not only is it powerful but they just add that mechanic of you fire once when you push the trigger in and once when you let go of the trigger yeah and just that alone makes it so that you have to get better at your timing and you have to be very conscious of what you're doing um and and that just little things like that add to what would normally seem like the same gameplay It, it adds enough difference to the point where if you've played all the other four games mm-hmm. then you still have something new to learn and yeah just and enough to make it yes yeah, so, enough noticeable. to make it different yeah, yeah. So, so, I, I, it was so far great, great game i really like the characters at first i was like ah, i can have a gears game without all the the gears you know granted dom's gone marcus is 25 years later he's hilarious in this game now he is so crotchety nice. um and which he, in our co-op we haven't yeah, got we to ju- we're, we're just about to okay. get there um, yeah, I haven't finished it yet, so it's hard for me to say, but I'm really digging this game. Um, again, the animation's beautiful. The characters are really good. And another thing I, I really like about this game, it seamlessly translates between gameplay stoppage and a cutscene start. It very, mm. It's very smooth. And uh, everything makes sense. And they've got different dynamics of like the shoot and cover, but then also when uh, Judgment introduced in-game campaign, like as far as the campaign, in-game kind of a horde feeling, of like, oh, we've yeah. got to distribute our uh, resources, set up sentries, and then actually have you know waves of bosses attack in game rather than being so in separate game. I like how it does that as well. Yeah, um, it 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 allows you to kind of take a break from the normal gameplay and do something a little different. Yeah, yeah. And I like uh, I, I'd say my new favorite character to each their own, but I'm really liking Dell. He reminds me of a a cross between Cole and Baird, um, but he's definitely he's got a soldier's perception to him but he's also smart he's mechanically inclined like baird was a an engineer slash mechanic um mm-hmm. it's great and i really like the prologue the little 20 minute prologue at the beginning to remind you of what's taking place and this is the first time we've actually seen human on human violence in the campaign for that short little stint when they're fighting the uir which is the basis for the pendulum war mm. which is oh, yeah yeah didn't gears of war 4 is not it's not going to be like a game of the year discussion but it's going to be a good game of 2016. Well, reviews are already... Oh, they've already come and gone. I think it... Mid-8s, mid-9s. Yeah, it's like a solid 8.5 through through everything. As far as legitimate reviewers, the lowest score I saw was a 7. If that's the lowest score you saw, that's then that's good. still a pretty good that's game. That's good. I'm sure Metacritic is up closer to 8.5 to 9-ish. Yeah, exactly. So, good job, Coalition. You knocked it out of the park. I know you made a lot of Gears fans happy. And, of course, there's always going to be critics and like, oh, you play it too safe. But at the same time, it's it's what an unenviable position to be in to make a game that's later in the series because then people are just like, well, it's nothing like it. They got so far away yeah. from what it was. But then other people are like, it's just the same thing over and over again. It's like, that's a really tough balance to find. And I think they, I think they got it. I, I would say for the my most part, opinion. I'm happy. I think they did. I haven't seen how it ends. I've heard whispers. I'm going to wait to play it on my own and we'll finish our campaign. But so far, four thumbs up from these two dudes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great game. Uh, speaking of great, ga- we are in such a season of great games. I mean, you think about every week 
a big titles come out since like October 3rd. It was Mafia 3, then Gears of War, then Battlefield, then uh, what just came out this past Friday, Titanfall 2. And next week, even though I'm not as hyped on it as I was after playing the beta, Call of Duty. These are undeniably uh-huh. big movers. Yeah. These are going to be flying off shelves. And, and I played some Titanfall 2. Yeah. I have that now. How beautiful um, is that game too? It's it's a good game. I've I've only probably got a couple hours under the campaign. And the campaign reminds me of a Call of Duty campaign. Okay. But way better. It simplifies it, whereas with every Call of Duty game, you're so linear, you feel like you don't actually have a say in anything that's happening. And and that's still sort of the case here, but they went with more gameplay than they did uh, cinematics and big explosions. So I think I think they, so far, and granted I said I'm only a couple hours into it, so far I think they did well on the campaign. From what I've played of the m- multiplayer, mm-hmm. also really cool, and the additions of that fluid. tether thing. Really fluid Make gameplay. it really fluid, yeah. And once you master the skills of running on walls, oh, double jumping, using that, uh, t- I'm going to keep calling it a tether for lack of anything no, I hear to you. say. Um, once you get all that down, imagine how unkillable you would be. And and that it just drives me to want to get really good at so it. So let's let's put things in perspective. Speaking of multiplayer, I grabbed a quick little game just a few hours ago before we started up our Gears of War 4 campaign. And uh, one match, I actually was positive in my kill-death ratio. And that's not just getting Titan kills. That's like on my feet mm-hmm. as a soldier and not just all grunts, you know, because those don't actually count as kills. They just add to your points. Yeah, something like that. Um, I was in the positive for my first ever game and I felt really good. And yet I was the least lowest score, the least lowest. I was the lowest <laughs> that score. That means the highest. I had the least points. I was the lowest uh, score on our team. And the next person above me had double my points. Yeah. I'm like, Damn. Well, you just, I mean, I just started, but still, I, I've played Titanfall to right. an exhaustive uh-huh. point. So I get the mechanics generally. Yeah. yeah. Now, all the little add ons and new motions uh, that come with the add ons, I've not got down yet. But I just want to say there's there's this one guy who was already in our on our team in our lobby. He was up to like level 37. This game came out freaking Friday. He might have got an <laughs> early copy or something like that. Or maybe he got to play no, three he, hours. Honestly, he probably just. I was just going to say, he probably started three hours ahead of us if he was on the East Coast, that's all. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, they have three hours on us. 37 already. I'm just like, crap, what have you been doing this weekend, dude? Yeah. And this guy was killing it, literally and figuratively. I like the Titans. Titans are smooth. It's are nice cool. to have a little bit more Just I mean, and there was, what, like three or four of them in the last one? These guys, There's only three in the last one. Yeah, these guys not only have more variety, uh, the weapons and just the flair they have about them and just the animations... Great game. I'm sure the campaign's going to be fun. I hope uh, when I get my hands on this game, I can see... Do you remember in the last one, there's just like, hey, you know, that little five-second uh, load-in scene before you jump out of the uh, the the helicopter? Yeah. And then they're like, help us take down these UIR bastards. Or not UIR, but whatever. IWC bastards. Sure. And then they're I like... See. Yeah. And then the other time's like, let's fight the militia. And you're like, they're faceless enemies. Who are they? So I hope this one actually shows you what it is, why well, there's conflict between these two factions. Yeah, so far... And hopefully let you play both sides so you see what this conflict as the, far as... The campaign does touch on that. That's cool. And I think it's about time. Yeah. Because so. before they're just faceless guys. It's like, help us kill these people. It's like... And you're like, but I, why? I, What's the story here? And they sort of tried to put a story in the first one, but it was not it at all. It was not. It wasn't credible. This, th- this is... This one's so much better. Yeah. So. And I really like the commercials too. It looks almost like a boy and his dog, but it's like a pilot and his titan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's all like, and I could I could see that 
becoming um, something that you can, it, the story grows with yeah. as you go on. So let's switch from that game, which is a good game so far with a couple hours of gameplay, to a game that I got, played a couple hours of, and couldn't stomach playing anymore, which is ReCore. ReCore, uh, I got it in through Gamefly. It, uh, it feels so last generation. And it feels like a, an Xbox. Looks like it to a it degree. It feels like an Xbox 360 game. Yeah. Um, the graphics are slightly higher than what an Xbox 360 game would be, maybe, but the gameplay is not. The gameplay is so generic. It's very arcadish. Everything's third person. It's like double jump, dash, double jump, dash. The guns are all the same. It's like they're just different. I'm colors shooting or white now. I'm shooting red, and and that doesn't change almost anything. And then in almost every situation. You pretty much just have to go and find more orbs, or you have to go find these little flying green things that fit in these little locks to open doors. Everything is go find this and then defeat some baddies along the Cut way. And, paste. and then go back to that door, unlock it, and then you go through and you then you have to do that to go find something else that you need. And in a time with all these great games coming out, like you're saying, yeah. Putting out such a... You can't be average. You can't be average. And this game is so average because I don't have the time to play an average game when there's all these AAA titles that are trying to pull me in. It's, it's, a, it's a JV um, effort when, when <laughs> yeah, you have all these really varsity was. titles coming out and just it, it steamrolling. It really was, yeah. Yeah, no wonder the game's already down to like... I've seen it as low as like 30 bucks on shelf and, and online. And it was down right when it popped out. This it, is one of those it, uh, occasions, much like a movie... When you're like, wow, that game looks really cool based on the trailer. And turns out the trailer was better than the movie. Seems like the game trailer is better than the game itself. I remember seeing the game trailer, oh, so the original, and it was a cinematic. So Granted. once again, that doesn't say anything. But the idea was so good. And then the actual execution was so bad. Very bland game, too. Bland characters, bland settings. It's just... And I'm I'm all about, like, cause I, you know, being a dog lover... The fact that you have this um, this robot dog that helps you, I love that. Like when when the original Fable games mm-hmm. gave you a dog in the second one, it was like my favorite thing about that game. And the dog did almost nothing, yeah, but it was true. just something. There's just something about having a canine companion. And when they showed in the trailer the robot dog, I was like, this is going to be great. And the fact that when he was hurt, she was able to take the core, which is like the spirit of that animal in a weird way, and then stick it into this big other robot. And then now her dog is now this other giant robot. And it's like, oh, what are the possibilities of that? And it's just not there. It's never realized. It's not there in this game. And I know that you can upgrade and you can find new frames for that pet but it just does not work out yeah so. it's too bad because i really wanted to like that game we do have a fair amount of time to wait until i think what is going to ostensibly be the blockbuster hit of next fall red dead redemption 2 yeah so uh, that's so trailer, the trailer we got out. when last time we were talking video games we said hey you know rockstar just released an image on their twitter what could this mean and now we do know exactly what it means because then a full announcement came up the next day and then with the saying, oh, and look for the trailer coming out late October. It's come, it's gone. We just watched it to be uh, just rekindled in our minds of what it is. And doesn't say much, doesn't tell you much. Obviously, you know the setting. You assume certain things. I do like the fact that one of the last scenes, they show seven horses, seven horseback riders, uh, assuming cowboys, are riding off 
in the sunset to the right. distance, but they're going somewhere. So it's like, it almost reminded me of like a la Magnificent Seven. Uh, yeah. And so we were talking about like, what are some of the things we would like from this game we'd like to see? And you had some really interesting points. Would you care to elaborate on those? Well, I mean, so the trailer in itself was so, it was a teaser trailer. And we didn't know that when we were, when it was coming out. So unfortunately, a lot of people are sort of underwhelmed with it. Patience, my friends. It's still a long time to go. Yeah. And I, I think what it, basically you had the Nintendo Switch and Red Dead trailers come out right around the same time. And I think people were originally thinking, no, Nintendo, don't come out during the Red Dead trailer because we've been waiting for Red Dead way longer than we've been waiting for your new Nintendo console. Right. Which is weird to say because it's a full console. A <laughs> game's but, bigger than a console sometimes, but absolutely. the Switch trailer actually showed us something versus the Red Dead trailer was just scenery. And it was almost like just a tech demo where they're like, look at how good this could be. Um, and so I think it was underwhelming, but I liked it. Um, I thought the visuals were gorgeous. The graphics are great. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't say much. So I just kind of was thinking like, okay, well, what do I want out of this game? And, um, one of the first things that came to mind was I hope it gets the fallout treatment where they do some sort of settlement building. I think this game is perfect for something like that. Like an old town. You can craft your old town with the saloon over here, general store here, the blacksmith here. Yes, exactly. Maybe a ranch out to pasture over here. And you build your own house. And like, like maybe early in the game, you, you save a settlement or something. And, and it's just this really broken down fledgling settlement or something. And, and, and they go, Hey, will you be our sheriff and will you help us or our mayor or something? And will you help us rebuild this town? And you take that on. And as you grow and you get more resources, you put it into the town. Maybe you can put it into your own house and you can build your own huge mansion or something like that. I don't know. Or farm like that's, that's appealing to me because it makes it so that you have that same exact red dead game that you're going to have otherwise. But sometimes when you just don't feel like doing that and you want to do something a little bit more creative, you can just spend hours building up your settlement. And that's what I did with Fallout, and I loved it. Yeah, kind of like your own sandbox time. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go play with my toys over here. Yeah, I know that I've got the story and the quest over here, but yep. I'm going to take some time just to do a little crafting over here. Yeah, it's I just like something that. To, that takes you away from the normal game. The narrative. It's it, Yeah, the narrative. Thank you. Yeah. And you mentioned this. I know it'd be a, uh, probably something that a lot of people would be like, well, of course, that's easy. They just did that in Grand Theft Auto V. But it would be so cool if this was a multi-character main character game and you could switch off. With maybe with maybe, And that's the thing is people don't know what those seven characters are. It we could don't just know, be. Are those seven characters all good guys that you that you have the option of playing? Are they bad guys and maybe those seven characters are after you, your one character? Or was it just purely a piece of a trailer that has nothing to do with the game? Well, they keep on showing seven. And so there's do something they? there. Yeah, in the in the oh, original in the picture, picture they yeah, showed seven. In the trailer right. they showed seven. So there's something there. Those seven mean something. But what do they mean? We don't know yet. What I was thinking is, I mean, I hope that they are, like you said, what you you know, seven characters that you can switch between. Not only that but I kind of hope that each of the seven characters have their own unique abilities or right, traits. Right, that makes sense. One's a pistol, one's a, a rifleman, one's right. a, a close quarters combat guy, one's a knife expert, one's a hunter, or something like that. Very similar to the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, You know, I when they mind. go out and they find all these these seven different people that have skills in one way or the other. And their and, own backstories and drama and, yeah. you know, likables, unlikables. 
you know, there's a lot of time between now and then. We're going to see more. We're going to hear more. I imagine they're going to be the darlings of E3. I really would like to think that, but we never know. All we know is that there's a new trailer, and we have to wait till basically this time next year. Yeah, we don't no know. hard release date. We don't know if it's a prequel or if it's a sequel. Lots to speculate about, yeah. but all we can say is consider us intrigued. One thing I do want to touch on real quick, though. Yeah. I hope that they have a GTA 5 style online version. Oh, yeah. You cannot have this game without an online component by now, nowadays. Standards. I would think so, but they could they could totally get away with not having it, and if it would still be successful. Enough, but that would be so much just add to the value of the game. Yes. Yeah. And I think they're, I mean, I can almost guarantee they'll have this because that's where the money is. But look at GTA 5. That game came out several years ago. And yeah. it's still one of the top-selling games still because the online version. It's all because of the online version. Do you know how many, uh, like, for instance, on Reddit, like, every other day it seems like someone uh, captured a little piece of funny online game footage yeah. and is still posting it, and that makes it to the front pages. Yeah. Oh, so. Reddit. So we have to move on. Yeah, look at how much time it has already gone by. This is the signification of what happens when two geeks get together and talk about stuff they love. I guess so. We have to, uh, we still have our topic of the we week. We have to, to address talk about. this week's topic of the week, which is Luke Cage. So, Brandon had, fin- other Brandon, Brandon Jewel had finished this show hey. first, was waiting for me. Hey, hey to <laughs> you. And he was waiting for me to catch up, and catch up I have. And we have now both completed season one of Luke Cage. All together, full spoiler review. Of course, right needless, now. Needless to say, but so if you haven't seen it, stop listening or just fast forward a little bit to the end. Luke Cage, uh, thirteen episodes, great show, definitely uh, belonging in this uh, Netflix Marvel. treatment. Of do you call it the Marvel MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe? I think you still do. It's, it's like not the movie, MTU. but it's MNU. Marvel well, Netflix universe. Okay, I wouldn't only... say Marvel Television universe. Well, okay, because then there's like agents. It's Shield basically MCU and... on the small screen. Let's just say, like, let's call it that way. Because okay. I don't like your versions or you. <laughs> okay. And that makes so much sense. Here's what I thought of this in general, and then I'll get into the specifics for me. I thought this was a great show for the first season. Great origin. Definitely didn't just say, okay, here he is, and now what? It had a purpose. Although it wasn't really, I mean, yeah, we got into his origin as to why he is the way he is, but it's not the first time we saw him, of course. You know, he had a few episodes yeah. in Jessica Jones, and this takes place from when he left Hell's Kitchen, coming to Harlem. There were a lot of things that you could see coming a mile away, and then there was a lot of like, things. What? Pop's death, for instance. Oh, yeah, as okay. soon as he's like, hey, I'm kind of like the old mentor, and I'm going to help people. I didn't know it was coming so soon, it, it, it did surprise me a little bit that he went out at the end of episode two, yeah. but you knew right from the beginning, I did anyways, I thought... I'm like, oh, he's totally dead. He's going to need, they're going to progress the yeah, story at he, his expense. I have to admit, I thought he was going to play the mentor a little bit longer, longer in the right. season, but he played the dual role of a mentor, but also with a checkered re- past. Well, sure. But the reason he, he became the mentor slash reason for Luke Cage stepping into all of the problems of Harlem forced I, into it, really. Yeah. He didn't really have a choice, but how he handled himself within that was uh, definitely uh, made him his character likable. Yeah. Um, some of the things also that I saw coming a mile away was the fact that um, uh, Claire and he were going to hook up. You just kind of... Uh, I I didn't think that was coming. Oh, I, I did. 
I mean, they kind of teased at it a little bit, but uh, I mean, granted, they didn't hook up, right? No, by the end, they're holding <laughs> the hands. End, and she's like, by the end, they literally are like, yeah, we're going to bang tonight. They pretty much almost outright say it. And then he gets picked up by the cops or whatever. And another thing that I thought was like the writing was on the wall was uh, when the uh, the dirty cop uh, turned. I was like, I, you knew that guy was dirty. Dude, well, right away. His name's Scarf. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, Scarf. You know. Right right away when, when he was talking to, uh, what's the kid's name? Chico. Chico. And they're like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, under a bridge. I'm under like, okay. a bridge. He's I'm just like, well, kid. okay, that solidifies it. He's dead. And yeah. of course he yeah. was. That, he was an expendable character anyways when he got his. But yeah, just the fact that he was dirty, they made that really obvious, I yeah. thought. Yeah. Uh, some surprise turns that I didn't see coming. Not all for the better, mind you. I was disappointed, but also surprised. So I'm like, oh, good. They got me when they killed Cottonmouth. I thought, Cotton I thought Mouth, he was going to be the main source of conflict well, for they this were, full season. They were hinting at Diamondback from the very beginning. It was very and, convenient that Diamondback also just happened to be the guy that wants to kill Luke Cage and, and, and is everything. his brother. It was a little... It like, was very... Um, it was kind of like easy Soap opera-ish. Ride. Yeah. But um, but that's... Co- comic books are very soap opera-ish. So yeah. fine. Yeah. That's fine. But... Who did you who did you like as a villain more, Cottonmouth or Diamondback? I thought Diamondback was a little cheesy. Me too. He was a little cheesy. I was talking to some people and they were like, oh, when Diamondback came, I was like, oh, this is awesome. This guy's a way better villain. And I was like, wait. He but presented a bigger threat as far as his he, abilities. I guess what I'm kind of tired with um, in television and movies and everything is I'm tired of the villain who's just so cocky and like, righteous self-righteous and the thing about cottonmouth was he just seemed like a regular guy that grew up just kind of got born into a bad situation and they touch on that but like you can see that there is certain a he wasn't like always super confident he wasn't trying to be something that he's not and he was a musician at heart and and he was yeah and And he had a little bit of a soul with the fact that he 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 was a musician. He cared about certain people like Pops. Yeah. He cared about Pops. And, and then you get Diamondback, and he just he just seems so like, cold. I'm out and, for revenge. Your father screwed my mother and then left her to die, so I hate you now. it wasn't even that much of a... It was like, is that really a good enough reason to create all of, that, all of he this? He sent him to prison. All he, of this. Yeah. yeah. He orchestrated the whole thing. And just you know because what? your dad favored him? Really? Yeah, like the, the prodigal son. Grow up. Of, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like, what is your deal? Dude, get over it. That was half a lifetime ago. And the thing that really irritates me, and I know they can't kill their main character, at least in season one, right off the bat, but when he's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm your brother, N-word. And then he shoots him. I'm like, you had him dead to rights. You want this guy dead so bad, you shot him in the shoulder? Like, or in the abdomen? Like, how hard is it to kill this guy just by shooting him in the head? He was five feet away from him. And this guy's supposed to be elite and, yeah. you know, all weapons guy. Remember, like, when he took out all those other drug dealers? And you're, ta- you're talking about those special bullets. What do they call them? The uh, Judas bullets. The Judas bullets. And they yeah. made reference to the fact that they're from outer space, you know. From the meteors, or what? Not yeah. meteors, but the metals or whatever that were from. Uh, that picked up the after Avengers. Avengers. The, yeah, yeah. When they crashed through the, the sky portals and yeah. all that. So I, I thought Diamondback was very inconsistent as a character. And when he came in at the end. With that hammer tech, he looked like a whack ass Judge Dread meets Starship Troopers. Wow, see, I he liked l- it. Oh, I thought he looked ridiculous. Well, uh, he did look ridiculous. He also looked ridiculous in the comics, and it's really That's hard fair. to trans 
transfer that same look into a real life TV show. And I think they found a reason to do that. They made him look ridiculous, but it's because he was wearing this really flexible armor. And and so it's going to look a little different. Did you notice Hammer Tech? Yes. You know where Hammer Tech is from? I don't. Justin Hammer from was Iron Man from 2. Iron Man 2. Now I see it. Beca- yeah. And he was the weapons and arms dealer, right? Played by or, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Yeah. And so Good that was a, it was a Hammer Tech suit. And they pointed out too in like the very first episode uh when they, when they were doing the guns and he was like he was like this is some high-end Hammer Tech shit like or something like that. And set and, the table for like 8 episodes later. Yeah. And it was like they could have easily said Stark but they Stark's like knockoff competitor, but in, yeah, instead what they were doing is they were like hinting at it. Oh, that's and smart. I good, like that. Good little tie in. Yeah. There's a lot of Easter eggs in this uh, season um, about diamondback. I thought the action, as far as like the story picked up as soon as he entered the picture, it's like, Oh, here's, sure. here's the guy. Now, sure. now the boss is on the scene. Like his henchman henchman is gone. Now he's stepping in and taking sure, care yeah. of business himself. Like, if you want something done right, you do it yourself, motherfucker. And then he doesn't do it right. No, and then he the show got really slow up. in that second half. And there was too much focus on Councilwoman Dillard, Mariah, whatever her name is. Right. The show really sh- slowed down. Another thing that kind of irritated me, and this is all just nitpicky. I overall really did like the show. I would still give it like a solid A. Yeah. But Shades was so cheesy and generic. And yeah. remember, he's Shades. So in every scene he's in, he's either putting on his sunglasses <laughs> yeah. or staying off like, okay, we get it. Or where he like, uh, where oh. he kills the guys on the roof and yes. then he, he pulls the guy's sunglasses out and he's like, nice. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It was cheesy. The one scene that made me just really uncomfortable, and I think they did a good job. I'm not saying they messed up so it looked bad. I think they could have, did a really good job of making it seem uncomfortable is when he kisses uh councilwoman dillard mariah dillard at the end right gross where did that come from from? they're like they're doing like this power couple play thing yeah yeah that was uncomfortable another thing that i didn't like again (laughs) nitpicking sure but you know how we were uh driving around earlier and i said hey i had some problems with the last episode when they're like, hey, we got to bring Luke Cage down, citywide manhunt for him, all this and that. They're shaking down any black man wearing a hoodie, which I thought, oh, how well, topical. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the, exactly. The, the, so all of a sudden, then they're fighting at Pop's Barbershop, which is supposed to be Switzerland. So that's out the window because Diamondback doesn't play by the rules, like the gangster's code. Right. And then they're fighting. Luke Cage is right there. They have him lined up for the shot that they've all been wanting to take. And then all of a sudden, she's like, stand down. It's like, well, you're a detective. You don't get to command SWAT. That was a little weird. You know, uh, Misty Knight. Okay, yeah. And then they start all chanting, Luke, Luke. I was like, really? They're chanting yeah. his name? It just went, it got mean, a little you mean cheesy. The people. Yeah. The, the, the citizens. Yeah, but that was a little cheesy to me. And then when yeah, he, but I, after he's busted up and he just like had his, his ass kicked within an inch of his life, and then he's in the, you know, uh, the police department giving a speech about Harlem. It was, it just seemed out of place. Like, do you remember Rocky Four? You're like, you just got your ass kicked. Yes, you won. But you just got your ass kicked in the fight of your life by Ivan Drago, and then you're gonna give a speech afterwards in Russia? You know what I mean? That was yeah. weird. It was out of place. I thought when he's like, and somebody's gotta stand up for the city. It's like, well, this is a guy at first that would just want to like, I just want to be an anonymous right. dishwasher. But it, it serves the purpose of how he's changed yes. and his character arc and over the first season. He recognizes that he is a hero, and 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 he's been a reluctant that, that, hero the entire time. The speech just came off a little corny and preachy, is all. Yeah, I get I, why they did it. But yeah, I ugh. totally, I totally understand that. I, I didn't think it was corny at the time, but at the oh, same time, I remember time, right in that moment, I was like, "What is this?" But at the, but it's, but it's based off a comic book, and so 
everything is going to have some campiness to yeah. it. Like that's built in. Yeah. Um, like you were talking about his suit, his suit looks dumb. And if it had no connection <laughs> to, um, if it had no connection to the comic books, then yeah, we can be like, why would you design a suit that looks like See, that? I, I understand that now. So when right. you put in that perspective, it makes a little more sense. Uh, speaking of the comics, I thought it was great how they dedicate a whole episode. I think we mildly touched on this last time when we were just kind of glossing over uh, our impressions, initial impressions, but they, how they spent a full episode explaining his backstory. Yeah, that was nice. And how they actually. teased like his outfit when he's wearing that like yellow canary blouse with the blue jeans and the headpiece and the, and the gauntlets on his wrist. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was really clever and definitely an homage. That was a little Easter egg. I think of that course. Was, I think that was one of the more obvious Easter yeah, eggs. Yeah, it was. And then there were some not so obvious ones. For instance, I love how in the second episode, second or third episode, when he goes to bust up uh, Cottonmouth's stash house, I forget what they call it, it was named after that famous black leader. And remember, he that's when he brings in the car door and he's just bashing yeah. people through walls and he makes his escape by throwing like a huge couch out the window or something, couch out the yeah. window and rolls out and that like crippled him by like six million dollars or something like that mm-hmm. and then do you remember which uh hip-hop group was playing during that whole thing wu-tang, Wu-Tang? clan yeah, yeah okay. that song bring the ruckus and then in the second to last episode he sees method man probably the most famous member of right, right, wu-tang right. clan and method man himself and they see the, and they were like he's like oh, you're method man and he's they're like, like you little cage. You're Luke cage. i thought that yeah. was really cool I did too. And, and, and Method, Method Man's Man a rap- huge admitted comic book fan, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And then Method Man rapped on uh, Sway's radio program. Yeah, like the Bulletproof Hero rap or whatever. That was awesome. That song got me jazzed up. And and I, I know when we were kind of discussing this half season, and, yeah. and, and I know we talked about a lot of this, but I do want to touch on the music itself in this show is awesome. Like... It should get a credit in the opening scene. Yeah. <laughs> like because- after everyone and featuring awesome music. <laughs> well... It's just like, so Harlem itself, and we, once again, we talked about this, is a character. Yeah. And, and Harlem, the location, the buildings, the streets, the people, the music, it's all a character. And it plays a bigger part in the story than almost any other character besides some of the few main ones, right? Mm-hmm. I opinion. agree with that. Um, and I, th- I think that what gives, what gives Harlem its soul both in the show and in real life, is the music that stems from it and the culture that's built into that music. It almost reminds and me of like what New Orleans is to like jazz music. It, it's Harlem exa- is it's to very, this very, like very kind very of hip hop and yes. soul and funk. And and I love the way they they took some of the key pieces of real Harlem and added it to the show to to make it more of a recognizable Harlem that that the world knows. And it also adds character to the whole show. Yeah, and well so done. when you add the music in there and you do these really cool montages to a stage performer that is playing in the club to what is happening outside or or the when he's going through with the um the Wu Tang clan song. Like it's just they do such a good job of adding a touch of funk and soul to the whole storytelling. And I, I think it worked so well throughout the entire season it it really did and if i could bring it back to some more easter eggs we both noticed the little stan lee cameo even though it wasn't in the flesh right before he meets method man in the convenient the convenience mart yeah stan lee's on the poster saying like i want you or something like that which was awesome Uh, a lot of easter eggs in the last closing few moments of the season finale Mm -hmm. um did you notice claire after he's been taken away by the feds and you know 
Um, did you notice who has his uh, his documents proving his innocence from when he was locked up at Seagate? The other gentleman, I forget, he's been in the barbershop since the beginning. He took over Pop's shop. Uh-huh. I forget his name, but he has the documents, so that's leading to something right. a little like... So- so his past is not lost. Basically. Right, exactly. Because yeah. I was like, oh, who has that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, real quick. Did you remember when uh, uh, Diamondback is for like the 20th time trying to get rid of Luke Cage and he has that one female uh, witness who used to work at the club who got paid to say it was Luke right. Cage. Yeah, I yeah. forget her name. But uh, he's like, bye, Carl. Bye, Felicia. And to the girl. And yeah. he's like, but her name wasn't Felicia. Yeah. I was like, ooh. You know, but that was kind of That's actually kind of made me laugh. Um. Uh, when Claire, after Luke's been taken away by the feds and and states his purpose of trying to clear his name, and I like when she, Claire is on the street corner and she sees a little flyer and it says, like, learn Kung Fu or something like that. Yeah. And Clearly she, uh, uh, yeah. hinting to Iron Fist. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not a Dude, maybe. I didn't it's even a think for about sure. That. Yeah. I, I, I do believe, I don't want to sound arrogant, Good but catch. I'm pretty I sure. Didn't even... Because Luke Cage and Iron Fist were the heroes for hire. They were homies in uh, the comics and they collaborate a lot. Uh, they even were. Uh, in the Avengers here and there, I feel feel like that's the perfect set for introducing yeah. Iron Fist. Yeah, no, that's and then a really good they point. They hinted at the greater uh, Defenders picture that's forming, and like you said, she and she says it like three times in the last two episodes. I know a great lawyer. Yeah, and then also the Doctor, who you can tell he's kind of checkered. Well, he's shady because he's shady, at the very yeah. very last scene or whatever, he's not an outright bad guy like the the whack ass correctional. No, guard. but there's something shady about him because um, it's like he's Diamondback- a doctor for hire though. Diamondback was going to the hospital, and that doctor is the Closes one who closed the door. The door. And, and so you're, you you already know that he's going to get that similar procedure done. And he's so gonna he's going to be a, yeah, he's going to be a villain in the next one, or if not the next season, at least season three or something. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of pieces coming together. Um, I really like how they tried to delineate the difference between Luke Cage and Carl Lucas, too. I thought that was really neat, because I didn't know Luke Cage's name really was Carl Lucas. Yeah. And so they did a good job of uh, bringing that to life. Uh, altogether, I know I nitpicked a few little things, but those are just little things I noticed. But what I feel is that was a great season. It was a really good and show. And like you said, out of the four seasons that Marvel's done with Netflix now, the yeah. two Daredevils, Jessica Jones, and now Luke Cage, you said it's probably your favorite. Yeah, I said that far. on the previous episode. Yeah, I, um, I still feel like the first season of Daredevil bit. is where I'm at. But I mean, I see. I like. I just like. I mean, they're better. all. I just thought the directing was so good. I thought the writing was so good. Um, I thought there was there was very few and far between action, but the action was awesome. Though, oh yeah, when, when it did, and I think the writing. The writers had a really hard hurdle to get over, where you literally have somebody who's bulletproof. How do you make that person still seem vulnerable in some way? And public perception was such a huge piece it was. in this. And they use like the media as such an outlet too. Yeah. Up next, we assume uh, Iron Fist. And then we'll see if we get any more additions to the standalone seasons before they do the Defenders, which is due out in 2017. I, so yeah. my assumption is Iron Fist, now we've met everybody. Let's go kick some ass together. I think so. Very yeah. Avengers style, the way oh, that they do so. all the yeah. standalones. And yeah. like we talked about in the last uh, recording, Clara's seemingly the link between everybody she has a little bit of uh, to do with yeah, everybody she's been so far yeah what up rosario anyways i would definitely put a seal of approval on this and recommend it to anybody and if you're listening to this and wondering if it's right for you well then why did you listen to us just spoil everything of course but yeah um a plus a plus stuff yeah. really was a great show um so if this happens to be the first time you ever listen to this podcast we like to end it with something that we call the shadow of the synopsis which in is, which? In which it's a game where 
uh, I will read some sort of synopsis in pop culture or geek culture, and it could be to a video game, movie, TV show, could be anything. Yes. The other guy, the other Brandon, has to guess what that is. Um, and we don't do it every week where Brandon Jules giving it to me. We giving it to me. That sounded yeah. Uh, uh, it's all I can handle on a weekly basis. We do switch back and forth. Um, but this week you're yep. in, yeah, the captain's chair. All right, are you ready? Oh yeah, born ready. And uh, make sure that if you know it halfway through me Sit saying this, my words, just yes. wait so that the listeners can. Yeah, we've uh, had a few instances where we've jumped the gun. In this story, the main character lives with his grandparents in the city of Hillwood. This character is a fourth grader who takes on adventures to help solve classmates' problems or come up with solutions to his own predicaments. He often tackles the incidents with best friend Gerald, who tries to be the voice of reason, and young Helga, who is often mean to the main character. After all, she is the school bully, but she secretly has a crush on him. That is your synopsis. And I didn't want to shout anything out, but immediately it came to me. Uh, and I loved this show, so I'm going to say it's a show. Okay. Was um, it the names? That it- no, it wasn't even the names. Uh, did this character go to PS 118? I don't know. And Hillside's basically like supposed to be New York. Uh, he got his own movies, I think two movies. Okay. You know uh, and is, Helga yeah. Pataki used to call him Football Head. <laughs> And Gerald was an awesome character. Did you know there was all kids and a lot of these... You, Nick- you don't even say what it is. No, I'm not getting there yet. I'm, hold <laughs> okay. on. I'm, I'm foreplaying us. All right. Did you know in so many of these Nicktoons, and this is a Nicktoon, um, adults would voice the kid characters. Oh, and when yeah. I remember as, as a kid and I found that, I'm like, ah. But this show used all kids to voice the kids, which I loved. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say, and I'm going to lock it in. That's a lock sound. Final answer. Final answer. Hey Arnold. Yeah, you're great right. Show. Hey Arnold. I love that show. It's funny when we were talking about the most famous TV themes, you know, in our minds, you know, we mentioned Doug and Rugrats. Hey Arnold didn't have that much of a, a theme that you remember, but that's one of my favorite Nicktoons. That was such a great show. It was show. good. It was yeah. a great show. They even made, I think, two movies. The first one was pretty good. I think the second one was totally yeah, obscure and no one cared about. But good knowledge, man. Thanks. Uh, it just gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah. Um, so it, that's the way we like to end our podcast. Um, we but, like to end but wait, it. there's more. Yes, we, we always end our podcast with an awesome quote in geek history to leave you with. Yeah, we like to volley. And this awesome quote in geek history comes from the early Batman Arkham Asylum game. Back in 2009 already. Such a good game. Which is now out in a remastered edition, should you Which want to Which I will it not out. go by because... Meh. Hopefully you've already played by now, so there's no need. But teach their own. Yeah, all right. Here Anyways, is, let's get into here it. Here's a quote. Tell me something. You've never let me catch you this easily. What are you really after? Oh, nothing much. Hundreds dying in pain and fear. All their meaningless lives brought to a horrifying conclusion. All thanks to you and a book of matches. Was that the answer you wanted? And it was the cutscenes that made that game, or one of the vital well, components I mean, of the, that game. Yes. Yeah. I, well, I, actually, that, I'd say that was one of the crucial points to why it was such a good game, is because it had such unique gameplay... Yeah, as well as awesome storytelling Very with compelling. great cutscenes, and you had Mark Hamill back as the Joker. Yeah, oh, the voice acting you... was basically Batman the Animated Series, oh, so as good. far as the core group of guys for sure. That's a yeah. great way to end this week's recording. And if you want to start a relationship with us, how can you do it? Awkward.
No, it's not. It's fun. That's what you're supposed okay. to do nowadays. You're supposed to tell people about your sociables and let's be social with you online. So you can get at us. Check out our website. Get a feel for what we're all about, randomfandomcast.com. And of course, you can email us, get a hold of us. We Our, our email is randomfandomcast at gmail.com. It's all up on the webpage. And then, of course, you can hit us up and commune with us on Twitter at randomfandomwbb. It's just like a nice cup size. Yeah. A double B. Mm, yeah. Mm. On and a so, guy. So, yeah, find us on uh, iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud. SoundCloud, whatever you, whatever your, whatever your preferred podcast app whatever is. Whatever your pleasure. All right. We will see you. Oh, we'll see you soon because, week. yeah, next week. week. We're going to record next week. I have a feeling. We're actually back on track, I feel like. And when we get back at you next week, let's hope because we're going to make an effort to go see Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah. And tell you all our thoughts about it. It's already getting great reviews, but it doesn't matter until we get to review yes. it. Yes. Reviews mean nothing until, until we, we can... get our sink our claws yes. into it. All right. All right. As an eagle. So, uh, goodbye, everyone. Adios, amigos. Thanks for being a fan of our fandom. And uh, stay geeky. Makes Harlem feel much safer. Cage. Cage. Bulletproof. You can't kill him. Cage. Cage. Hit your stash house. Take six million. Cage. Cage. Just one punch. You're in pain. That burns your brain to make you insane. I mean, Cage. 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 What he wants for pops is justice. Cage. Cage. Cotton mouth. Wish he could stop him. Cage. Cage. Black hoodies. No guns can drop him. Power man will crush you like a can. He's bringing the thunder, help from the night nurse.